Welcome to another episode of the Behind the Region podcast from the South Bend Regional Chamber, being powered by Tech Tyler PC, offering cost-effective IT solutions to fit any budget. Today's guest is Pete Youngman. Pete is the president and CEO of Cook Medical. Pete was also the keynote speaker at our Salute to Business Awards luncheon. We will talk to Pete about what it takes to not only run a successful growing business, but also how to be a good neighbor and how getting involved in your community is really good for business. Now here are your hosts, Chamber President and CEO, Jeff Ray, and the Director of member relations, Mark McGill. And welcome to the Behind the Region podcast being powered by Tech Tyler PC, offering cost-effective IT solutions to fit any budget. Uh, Jeff Ray, we really have a special guest today. I'm so, I've been looking forward to this podcast for weeks. We are. So, you know, once a year we do our uh, annual salute to business where we do a couple of things. We do uh, award winners and you're going to hear from several of them in different podcasts throughout the season. But we also bring in a talented uh, keynote speaker. And so this year we went with Pete and we decided we'd better invite Pete uh, here to speak. So Pete Yonkman, who joins us today on the podcast. So Pete's the CEO of Cook Medical Group. Pete, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. We were kind of joking earlier that we said Pete, Pete that sometimes in South Bend that oh, a different, a different yeah, Pete, Pete. Uh, comes to mind. I've heard but, that several uh, times. But yeah. we're really happy that uh, that we got this Pete uh, today uh, on our on our podcast. And, and, and so, um, Pete, let's let's start a little bit. So so some familiar with Cook, not obviously one of Indiana's largest employers. For those who don't know anything about Cook Medical Group, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So we are a Southern Indiana based Bloomington headquartered company, uh, family owned, started sixty years ago quintessential sort of bedroom, uh, spare bedroom story of a husband and wife started a business and now it's grown into 13,000 employees of global presence. We make medical devices, uh, think the tools that physicians use in, in minimally evasive medicine. So Pete, when I think about um, success stories sometimes, so, so, so in many towns across the United States, um, those success stories started in a local community and then as they got big, decided they should go somewhere else. Cook maintains though a pretty strong presence where you're founded in, in Indiana. D- tell us about why you're, st- why you're still here. Yeah, we're primarily a Hoosier company. We have 13,000 people, but uh, 9,000 in the U.S., 7,000 in Indiana and almost 6,000 in Southern Indiana. So, you know, it's a family-based company. It's one of those traditions it's where our people are it's it has that you know working in indiana i don't know that everybody appreciates this but there is a humbleness and a, a work ethic and a, a mentality that people bring to the table that has been very successful for us you can go across the globe to any one of our facilities and you walk in you're like yep this is a cook facility it feels like the same we have good people they have the right they're there for the right reasons um i worry about that all the time but 60 years of that culture you never want to lose that that we want to keep those midwest roots you know, it's interesting. My, I, I, I'll be honest. As a young professional, didn't know the name very well. I visited though West Baden Springs, yeah. and I and I and at the time, um, the old West Baden Hotel was in in disrepair, and there was conversation happening with the Cook Group about um, uh, about doing renovation and stuff. So my, that was my first introduction. So t- talk first about just sort of maybe some of the investment even that, that Cook's done in in, uh, in Southern Indiana to do, to turn things like West Baden around. I think our vi- our listeners may be familiar with that. Yeah, so if you've ever been to the French Lick West Baden Resort, it's a magnificent facility now. World-class golf courses, spectacular hotels. That was a passion project for the family, right? You don't go into it saying, we're going to be a medical device company also with a hotel. That's not usually the business plan, but uh, they were passionate about historic preservation. I think they've restored over 200 buildings across Indiana uh, as a family just as really believers in, but they were unique in the sense of they didn't want to just build museums, right? They weren't trying to build something for the sake of getting it fixed up and letting it go back into disrepair. They always had this idea of let's re- let's restore it, let's repair it, but also let's make it functional and have a reason for being. 
and that was the opportunity with these two hotels was, boy, we have a, this, this community uh, at the time had the highest rate of unemployment at 18%. What an opportunity to put those hotels to work, get them back to their original grandeur, but create an unbelievable amount of opportunity for that community and those people there. That's, and that has really driven all of our thinking about how we do business. I, I tell you that that building may be one of the most beautiful buildings I've ever been in. It's amazing to see it before um, the, the renovation and to see it after and to see what that work has done. And it, 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 it uh, Peter, it's a little bit what inspired us to have you here today and, and to talk to you a little bit about because my my impression of of Cook, you're you're obviously a, a big successful business that's doing business around the globe and, and having great success. And so you've got to worry about um, you, you know uh, doing business well enough to. Stay Stay in business, but but I also sense the much like you did in West Baden this um, this idea of influencing the communities uh, where you're at and, and making improvements there. So 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 talk a little bit about beyond the the boardroom, the profit, the stuff. Some of some of Cook's mindset in terms of how they approach the communities where they're located. Yeah, that's. A, I think it's it's again it goes back to the DNA. I, it was interesting. Bill and Gail never separated philanthropy from the business. They viewed those two things as together. Right, the way we do business can be philanthropic. The opportunities that we create can be philanthropic, but they can also be good business. So we talk about it as it's possible to do good business and good in the community at the same time. Those things, two things, don't have to be mutually exclusive. So many business leaders today talk about philanthropy. Yes, our company does philanthropy. That's different than using your core business as a mechanism for community improvement. So that has guided sort of in my. I had the opportunity to work with Bill for a long time, and just to absorb that mentality and to see how he did that. You know, he did it even at an individual level. He would find somebody that was struggling and say, I can get you a job. Let's get you going. And he'd get him to work. And that was one individual. Or he'd look at a community like West Baden and French Lick and go, I can do this at a community level. All those things are business minded. They're ways of, yes, you need to be profitable. But can you also do it intentionally in a way that has impact? So that's guided sort of all of our, our way of doing business, how we think about we should uh, be engaged as a company. Uh, I hear a lot of debate today about making it political, the idea of ESG or CSR. We just stay out of those debates because that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being a good neighbor. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be a good person or a good company? And that's how we think about it is let's be engaged and active. Well, I love you know the, the, the Chamber's motto at its core is we want to make the place that we live and work a better place, the best place possible. And, and hearing you speak uh, at Salute to Business and, 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 and uh, doing some research uh, about you, that's, that's your philosophy. You guys at Cook, you want to make the place we live and work a better place. Yeah, and we do it through, I think, maybe a little bit different mechanism. So I look at a lot of businesses, and they will attend chamber meetings. Those are important, right? But they kind of limit it to that. Instead of thinking about, you know what, I've got somebody here. I've got a job opportunity. Maybe I could look at that opportunity and say, how could I help somebody get an education that could also that could be a productive member of our company? Instead of saying, you know what, government, you need to create somebody who's better trained so I can fill this job. What, what if I was an active participant in that and helping to find the education and connect people there are so many great resources. We started a, a program for people in our area because they didn't have a high school diploma and they couldn't come work for us. And so we said, no, 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 that's not, that shouldn't work. So we partnered with Ivy Tech. People come work for us in the morning and then they go to school in the afternoon at Ivy Tech, but we pay them full time. They get their high school diploma and they're off. And it's a, it's a, it's a nothing investment from us. But when you talk to the people who graduate, most of them are women who dropped out of high school because they're pregnant. And they all say, I'm doing this because I want my kids to see the value of education. So our simple act of making this opportunity in partnership with our our community opened up the door for people that were chronically underemployed. Most of them were working fast food at midnight or something. 
And now they're on their way to an education and a job simply because we looked at that one job opportunity and said, let's make it different. Let's try and make it an opportunity that we need this job. Let's also make it an opportunity for somebody who needs a, a helping hand along the way. I, I love the that conversation. You know, so 1,300 member businesses, if we talk to any of them, probably their chief concern is where do I find the people um, that I need to staff um, these positions? And honestly, that's an age-old question that goes back a lot of 100 years. But but I think what's really neat about this is 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 uh, you're not waiting for somebody else to solve this problem for no. you. You're you're um, you're working on solving it yourself. We're engaging the resources. The go- you know, governments and not-for-profits, they put in place these tools. It's our responsibility to go make use of them. Right. right. And be an active participant in that. Sometimes I'll hear people say, well, I'm not going to hire somebody who doesn't have a high school diploma. And we say, why not? Mm-hmm. Well, because I'm, I don't, I'm worried about their capabilities. I say, okay, here's my challenge. This is usually somebody who's a VP of something says yeah. this to me. And I'll say, you go take the high school equivalency exam on math and you tell me how you did. <laughs> and that stops the conversation immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like Jeff and I are I, both uncomfortable yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. hope you're not going to ask us to take that same <laughs> test, like, are you? We're done. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you can get through that, I'm yeah. sure you can do right. that job. Yeah. So, so Pete, you're, you know, Cook, as you mentioned, with being a, a large employer in Indiana, involved in quite a few communities across Indiana, how's Indiana doing overall? You know, I think it's a mixed message, right? I feel like some of the areas in our state are doing very well. Uh, you look at like North of Indianapolis as an example. It's just blowing and going. It is really growing. But if you look at it, the state overall, you've got a lot of counties that are losing population, which is an indication of probably not as healthy as they need to be. You look at our health and education outcomes, they aren't what they should be. So it's kind of a mixed message. Yes, we're growing in some ways, but in some ways we're, we're failing to meet the needs of our communities. Uh, they're losing population and, and maybe not having the opportunities that other are. So I think the governor and other people are doing a great job trying to set the stage, but it won't be successful unless businesses and local leadership get together to work on their neighborhoods, their communities in, in collaboration. Too often you see these things in silos. They're not, people aren't working together. There are agendas. There's fighting, political fighting. People got to stop that and say at a local level, we got to come together and just put the needs of our citizens first, and then let's figure out what to do. Right. So, Pete, talk a little bit about, um, you, you mentioned the example on the employee side of uh, some things you're doing to sort of help give some people some opportunities. Talk about some of the other critical needs that you've seen, for, for example, in the communities you've, you've done, you've been worked in, and, and some examples of some other things Cook is doing to help. Uh, because I, I, what I think we want to do is, is um, I think you're an obviously a terrific role model as a company for others in the area. And so we want, to, we want them to hear some of those examples as they're thinking about how they can make a difference. Yeah, so I think there are three things that businesses can do that are unique to business that other community leaders probably can't do as well. One is we can convene. If you're a business of any size, you can get government, you can get not-for-profits, you can get community leaders at the table. You can get them to come in and sit in your room and talk about the issue so you can convene people. We also have pretty loud megaphones as a business. And so we can amplify issues. If there are issues in the community, we can raise them up the flagpole and say, this needs to be addressed. And then finally, within our businesses, we have a lot of people, a lot of expertise. So one of the things I challenge business leaders to is, yeah, it's great that you give your people an opportunity to volunteer, right? A lot of companies have a day off of service. But if I'm taking my person who's an unbelievable coder or an unbelievable engineer and they're working in a soup kitchen for the day that's important but what if i took that engineer or that coder and said go to this not-for-profit and upskill their ability to use continuous improvement or to increase their social media presence or their website now all of a sudden you've lifted you've used their skills they have already for us in a way that's their highest and best use for the community so trying to encourage people to think about that highest and best use of their employees and get them to be engaged in a way that matters for us as a company but also for the community too 
so, so, so let me, yeah, so your so employees are doing this. What, what's the reaction? You know, like employees are busy. You, you, you certainly have a lot on your plate, right? It, it, it cook to do stuff, but, but you ask them to do this. How are, how, what's the feel from employees as they're, as they're getting outside of the four walls of your company and doing stuff in the community? Yeah. But see, the key is we're not just asking them to do something that's completely outside of their comfort zone. We're actually doing business. So I'll give you an example. In Indianapolis, we opened up a manufacturing facility in partnership with Goodwill that is in one of the poorest neighborhoods in the state, um, has violent crime issues, has drug issues, but it's a wonderful community and needs opportunity. So we're building a manufacturing site there rather than putting it somewhere else in the state. We decided let's put it there because one in one equals four in this instance because we have need, but the community has even bigger needs. So we are able to allow our teams to use their expertise to help build that manufacturing facility, but also do this really great work for the community. So it doesn't feel unnatural. It feels like, but then they're also exposed to other people in the community they wouldn't necessarily have an opportunity to. So it broadens their, their view. I'll give you one example. Had somebody who's working on the project, data analyst for us. And he said, I, I had no idea. I, all I knew was what was on the news. I had no idea what this community is really like. He said, but he said, I, I'm, I love doing this work but I want to do something in my community. So he created a, a not-for-profit that helps people who have car problems but can't get it forward to fix. There's a lot of people in the community who can fix cars. He said, let's create a little not-for-profit that fixes people's cars that can't afford to get them fixed. And so it creates reliable transportation. So to me, that was an instance of he saw the work that we're doing at Cook, but it inspired him to do something else in his local community that makes him more deeply engaged as well. Great. I want to stick with, and we heard from you a couple of different examples. You mentioned the manufacturing piece. We heard about food too. And so when we think about our inner city, for example, years ago, commercial businesses fled the inner city. They were in search of disposable income and rooftops and, you know, higher wages and stuff. And what they did was they abandoned, you know, kind of the inner city. You've noticed this and you're making a difference. Talk a little bit about what you're doing in that yeah. space. So food deserts exist across our state. It's not just in the inner cities. If you, some of our biggest problems are actually in the rural communities where all that's left is family dollar. So we've got food access issues everywhere. But what I would say to you is that in our project in Indianapolis, we met two entrepreneurs who were trying to bring a little grocery store to their community because all five grocery stores had left, 100,000 people without access to food. People were literally going to the gas stations to shop for food. And so they were trying to bring it back but struggling. And so we said, well, we know how to build buildings. We know how to work supply chains. Let us help bring our skills to you we partnered with the community foundation, other people invested. We're going to open up this summer a 15,000 square foot full service grocery store, but owned by the local community and those two entrepreneurs. And it's interesting. Other communities are now reaching out to them saying, hey, could you bring one to us? So not only are we creating an opportunity for these two, this could create an opportunity to reach more neighborhoods and to be able to create generational wealth for them because if they, have the, if they do this right, this won't be the last grocery store they build. Uh, and people in the community is really responding because it's them, right? It's not some big grocery store chain that's coming in and they don't trust, they know they're there for them. So as you continue to grow, we, we talk every week uh, on this podcast about attraction retention. Attra- I mean, that's it's across the entire state, across the entire uh, country. Um, with the, the growth that, that you have seen, what, what's the secret sauce? What's, what's the key for Cook Medical for, to attract the right people, to retain the right people, to, to reach the heights that you're at and that you're going to go to? Yeah. It's, you know, people ask me all this all the time. Well, do these programs lead to more retention? The answer is yes. So if we, people who go through our high school programs stay longer than people who don't. And I think it's because they view us as a partner in their life. 
right? It's not a transaction. And we also don't say to people, you have to stay for three years and or whatever, pay us back. No, we've had people who have come, got their high school education, worked there for a year or two, and then left and went on to nursing school. That's awesome. Yeah. We need nurses like crazy. So what, why not? They've had a great experience with that person while they're there. They got an education, moved on. Fantastic. But we also have, we know we people stay longer. But the other thing is, it's not, um, it becomes a partnership. Today's world of remote work and hybrid work, people can log into any computer. But if they don't have a meaning, if there's not some deeper connection to the organization, they're just another login that they can move somewhere else. So I, what we find is that people, that are, when they engage in these types of things, it's like, it's, it's, we're not just a company employing them, we're part of their lives. And that makes a difference. And especially for younger folks, they want to be part of something that is not just a paycheck. It's is doing something productive and then what they see as a benefit for the community and what the community sees as a benefit. I, I think that's such an important message. I, I, I think Indiana, I hear Indiana talking this all the time, this concern about all young people want to go to Nashville or New York or Chicago or whatever, and how do we keep them in Bloomington or South Bend or Fort Wayne or, or Evansville? And and, uh, and and I think you, I love the example of you, of you give them something different. I, like the defeatist attitude, almost sometimes like we'll never get them to move here, and it's like why not? We you know, um, and, and I use this story sometimes when I'm talking to folks. Uh, Des Moines, Iowa, for many years was the number one place in the country for young people, but it, but it was because it felt a little bit like Indiana. It's small. It's pretty connected. It's a little, it's easy to raise a family. Yeah. It's it's affordable. You know, all the things that like the recipe that we already have here. So I I love hearing companies, especially one like yours. It's that has this global footprint that likely is bringing people in from all over uh, the world uh, to, to sort of see the good work you're doing there. I would guess there's probably, I don't know the numbers for sure, but I would guess there's probably 75,000 people in the South Bend catchment area that don't yet have a high school diploma, Mm -hmm. but are of working age. Yep. That's a huge population of people that are looking for opportunity. Right. What if every business in this area said, we're no longer going to require a high school diploma to come work for mm-hmm. us. We're going to enable them to get it for free in combination with a job. Uh, and we're going to make sure that people have access to the education they want. That's a game changer for a region. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. right? You can, I'm sure there are, you probably talked to them on podcasts. There are adult education providers in this area who would love to partner with businesses and right. say, we'll make this happen overnight. It was our experience. Mm-hmm. When we suggested it, they jumped and said, we got this. We'll make it happen. And so don't you want better employees? Don't you want people who are more skilled? Don't you want people who are committed to your business and now have can be more productive in the community, even if they leave you? That's what we're all looking for, right? Yeah, and, and I, I love that. You know, the the as you mentioned earlier, like life circumstances sometimes d- didn't mean that everybody had a chance to go do that. But 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 again, our you know, it's interesting. You share statistics and and, and some of our earlier conversation before the podcast. We um, you, as you were sharing some Indianapolis examples, so many of the data points resonated because because like other towns, we have that one census tract where unemployment's really high uh, compared to others, or or where or all the investment has gone to other areas, and how do we how do we affect that change so it's been good to hear some well the things. first thing you have to do is you have to go there yeah so when i talk to business leaders i the biggest frustration i have is people will talk about things they will talk about problems they'll study reports that talk about the problems and i ask the question have you been there mm-hmm. no yeah go out and meet the people yep. go out and talk to them there are people in that community who are desperate for opportunity mm-hmm. who are working their butts off on on you know a shoestring budget who if you came if you came and met with them they would give you tremendous ideas yeah. that you as a business leader, you know how to solve problems. Mm-hmm. You know how to connect people. You know how to get things moving. It just is a matter of you have to go out and talk to people. You can't sit in your office and 
that's the thing I do. I join the neighborhood associations. I'm on the calls every month of nine neighborhood associations because I want to hear what's happening in the community in mm-hmm. Indianapolis. I, you can't send somebody else out to do it. You as a leader need to go out and talk to them yourself. Good. And, and I think this is a good example, Pete, and maybe share your experience. Because I think for somebody who's listening, who's inspired by this and wants to do this, but isn't exactly sure how to plug in, how, where did you go? How did you figure out um, how to plug in even in, in the early days? You know, it's you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. Yeah. So, um, and honest and humble mm-hmm. and say, I want to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm here to, I just want to learn. And I went out and started asking people. I met a community leader, and I said, hey, who else should I meet? And I made time. I used my lunches. Mm-hmm. I used my lunches to go out and meet people who I'd never met before. And that just led me down this pathway of, oh, my goodness, there is so much positivity here, and there's so much work that's already being done. We just need to connect to it a little bit, and it puts the gasoline on the fire, and it, it is possible. I think people get a defeatist attitude. They think nothing can be done, but they need to go see for themselves, and I think that that's a different story. Yep. I, you know, I also think as I'm, I'm talking to you, what I appreciate, I think is the, is the long play there. There isn't a silver bullet. There's no easy fix here. Um, you, you know, you got to go out and meet them where they're at, but then you also got to see the work through yeah, you gotta and, be there, as well too right? and, and be there. Right. Cause I, cause I do think we plug in and out, check my box. Right. I, I was there and then I'm onto the next thing. And, and, uh, and, and this, this is hard work, um, changing communities. Yeah. That's why it's hard. It's hard work. That's why it's important to make it integrated into your business. Cause that doesn't mm-hmm. feel like hard work. Yeah. So I give an example of, we have a program, wonderful program where we do, um, big brothers, big sisters, or, and then we do mentorship programs. We have a hard time keeping enough people engaged in that to keep the program going because number one, I'm not, I'm not sure how to be a mentor, right? Mm-hmm. I, it's a hard thing to do. And then some of these kids have mental health issues. I'm not really trained for that. And so it's hard to get people to continue to do it. But when you have a program that, hey, I need you to go out and uh, make sure that manufacturing facility is operating well. Okay, that's my job. But you also know you're dramatically improving the life of this community too. Oh, that's a different thing. But it's not hard for me. I already know how to do it. That's the key is to find that intersection between what's good for my business and use it, use it just a little more intentionally and say, can I also make it be more exponentially positive for the community by putting it in an area that needs it? Great. Pete, during our, um, our time together, you talked a little bit about a, a, a revolution and the, and this, um, role the business community can play. So as we get, you know, closer to the end of our time today, um, help, um, help inspire those listening to us to take part in this revolution and to, um, roll up their sleeves, uh, um, give, give them the, their marching orders, their call to action. Yeah. So the first thing I would say to you is, these things, there is no silver bullet. Whatever debate you see on TV, whatever debate you read about in the newspapers, nothing's going to fix these issues by themselves. It's all going to depend on whatever the government does is going to be helpful. But it, these are neighborhood by neighborhood, property by property, person by person. Start there. Start with one person. Start with one neighborhood. Start with one community and say, how do we align our resources? How do we get people around the table? How do we get the not-for-profits, the religious leaders, the community leaders, the businesses, government? How do we get them all together and start with the needs of the people who need help? Start with that simple idea. Say politics is out the window. Nobody gets to bring politics to the table. Nobody gets to bring agendas or tables. We're going to start with the facts and start with what do people need. And then you'll be amazed. Those people on the table, they have those resources. They just need to align them to bring it to people and make tremendous change. Even if it's just one person or one, one property, it will start to send a signal to the community that there is hope, there is positivity, and we can work on this together. 
Yeah, it's interesting. The 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 saying I hear from people sometimes is is resource resource rich and outcome poor. Yeah. That we have all these different people allegedly working on different things. And I think as we were talking earlier and saw you know some slide decks, there's a lot of different great meaningful programs. But sort of trying to uh, bring those together, working for a common vision, is even harder. Well, I would think business leaders would recognize this, right? Mm-hmm. If you as a business are trying to do too many things at once, mm-hmm. you never get anything done. Right. But if you stop and prioritize and say we're going to focus our company on these three things because they're important, it's amazing what you can get done. That's the same thing I see in communities. You have tremendous resources, government, not-for-profits, people. They're all moving in lots of different ways. But if you just stop and say, we're going to focus on one neighborhood today, or for this next year, we're going to focus on what are the needs of this one neighborhood, you can make a difference. Then move to the next neighborhood, move to the next property. But instead of we're trying to solve, we're trying to, to boil the ocean, yeah. and sometimes it feels like we're not making any progress. Right. You make it sound so easy. I mean, I mean, you really do. Even at the, the your speech at the salute to business, and, and sitting here today, I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's easy. But uh, I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. It, yeah, it's not. And it, it's it, just, right, it's very simple, and we try to make yeah. it more complicated. Don't we, we do make it more complicated. It's yeah. about human relationships. It's about yeah. people sitting down together and talking about real problems, and just starting with the basic: what do people need? Let's figure out how to get there. And but it is complicated, though. If you think about how are we going to mm-hmm. tackle this across the country or across the state? But if you li- limit our thinking and go okay, we're going to focus on this block this year. Let's make this block better this year. Right. Not for us, but for the people who live there. Then all of a sudden, people get aligned and mm-hmm. you start to expand and go further. So I, I hope people take that message away of don't try to boil the ocean. Let's just try to take one step at a time yep. and make things better for people. Great. He's uh, Pete Yonkman. He is the president and CEO of the Cook Medical Group. Pete, we are so blessed to have had you come visit us in South Bend. Thank you for sharing your message with our broader business community at Salute to Business and then with our uh, podcast audience too. We're grateful for the work you're doing and, and we look forward to uh, interacting with you again and helping be part of the change that we want to see here in I our community. I would love to. If anybody ever wants to talk about it, my, I'm, my email is pete.yonkman at Cook Medical. I would love to talk to anybody about it and if they have questions or ideas, I'd love to hear from them. Great. Awesome. Thanks, Pete. It's the Thank Behind you. the Region podcast being powered by Tech Tyler PC. Today, cyber threats are rapidly expanding. Let Tech Tyler PC provide the tools and training your business needs so you can spend more time with your family and friends enjoying life rather than worrying about and struggling with your tech problems. From Office 365 email setup and management to complete IT, including 24-7 monitoring, management, antivirus backups, and encryption, let Tech Tyler PC help. Call them today for a free consultation, 855-213-5016, or email them at sales at techtylerpc.com. Tech Tyler PC, managing all of your IT needs. Uh, again, Pete, so good to 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 know you uh, as Jeff said just thank you for all that you do quick question you're from the valparaiso area you're crown from, point, or no, crown crown point. point. Yeah, yeah. same area but cubs <laughs> i'm a region i'm a region rat. you're a region rat cubs or socks uh well i grew up in crown point i was closer to the socks i'm a socks fan <laughs> pete's gotta go now everybody. yeah sorry we're gonna end this podcast no <laughs> it's so good to know you thank yeah. you for your time thank you very much pete youngman cook medical thank you for listening to the behind the region podcast from the south bend regional chamber being powered by tech tyler pc offering cost-effective it solutions to fit any budget for more information on the south bend regional chamber or to become a chamber member please visit our website at sbrchamber.com